Hey, welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and I have with me Kayla Ashley, who is an international speaker and a certified optician. And Kayla took her knowledge of uh, the industry coaching, her her experience coaching and adapted it to an online video learning platform called Spexy, which is fantastic. It's something we're going to talk about later. So it's great to see you again, Kayla. Awesome. Great to see you, Steve. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this one. And we're going to talk about something that I think almost every practice struggles with, which is bad for them. It's good for you because like any good entrepreneur, <laughs> you've, you've figured out a, a solution to a problem and, and that problem is staff training. And yes. in today's labor market, that has not gotten any easier as a lot of practices have <laughs> to deal with, with more turnover and staffing issues. So we're going to try to help some doctors today maybe understand some of the things that potentially they're not doing right, but also give them some ideas on staff training, perhaps to make it easier, maybe even make it more efficient. And I usually wait till the end to let the guest plug uh, a company, a service, but I, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, you have a wonderful platform. It's, it's I'll let you talk about Thank it at, later on at bespexy.com, B-E-S-P-E-X-Y.com. Uh, fantastic platform. I get asked a lot about outside training resources. And this is one I, I recommend a lot. That being said, I, I think you'll agree as we kind of work into the, well, some of the things we're going to discuss, I think you'll agree with this. I, I think it's still important to have a strong internal training process to train the office on their unique systems, give them feedback, ongoing development. So I'm curious of your take on that. You've obviously built a platform that that does a wonderful job in the in the training realm but what are your thoughts on also having that that strong internal training process absolutely it, it's really quite vital in order for the office to be able to succeed you know uh, at spexy we offer with the training that we offer it's it's learning it's video learning right so they're watching a you know video kind of like watching us right now and there's only so much that can be you know taught or really understood completely so we talk about the basics in, in Spexy, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, but we also teach the, the functionality of being able to follow up with your team when it comes to certain training. So yes, they're doing an online training, being able to have and make sure that they implement that structure on the inside and also follow up with them all the time, um, not just with new hires, but with your, your consistent, or I'm sorry, your existing team with being able to uh, have the structure for them to have time to check in with leadership and leadership to have time to check in with them. So yeah, it's not necessarily just, you know, new hire training and you got them going. You need to definitely make sure that you're checking in and having that, that structure base for them to be able to grow off of continually. Absolutely. So Kayla, you know where that first question came from? It, it came from a question that I get all the time, which is the one I, I just floated out there. I get asked a lot by doctors and a lot by managers as well, if I know of any, or if I can recommend them to any great training resources, like a website, a class I can send them to, they'll say, can you come to my office and train the staff? But there's this sense of completely um, wanting to delegate it. And the, um, you know, a lot of times my feedback is, yeah, there are resources out there, but you have to be involved as well. And you mentioned like the follow-up 
and giving people the support that they need. Because as many times as I've been asked about an outside resource, do you know how many times I've ever been asked about internal training where somebody came to me and said, hey, we really want to put together this great internal training process. Can we have any help with that? Do you know how many times I've been asked that? Zero, (laughs) never, eight years. (laughs) Seriously, not one single time. It's always, is there somebody else? I don't want to do it. Is there somebody? Yes. Yeah, somebody. You touch yeah. on something that I, I think is really a, a big component of this as well, and it's leadership. W- what is your definition of leadership? When you look at even taking what the platform that you've built and implementing it, but seeing it through, supporting the people, holding people accountable, I'm just curious on your take on, on what kind of leader um, qualities that you would look for. Well, as far as for a leadership position, I think is obviously someone who, you know, you know, holds a certain role in the office that, you know, they have some pull, they have some say in things, but they're also there to be a resource to the rest of the team. And um, that's where we've kind of built everything around is making sure that, you know, whether it be the doctor or an office manager, or, you know, if it's a bigger optical or a bigger office, I mean, having, you know, an optical lead and a, a front desk lead, whatever those positions are, those positions of leadership, you need to have, of course, the, the right person in the leadership position. There are some people that are cut out for it and some people that just have zero interest, right? <laughs> so you have to have the right person there, but you also need to have a structure in your optical for what leadership needs to needs to have and what, what is required of them um, in you know, building your office. And sometimes offices are small enough that that's just the doctor, but it's good for the doctor to have it laid out okay, this is what I need to be doing in my leadership position, not just in my doctor role, right? Because if you're in that leadership position, it's very, very important. And so to have um, uh, almost kind of checks and balances set out on what is required of leadership, again, whether it be the doctor or, or a team member, that, you know, the leadership role requires, you know, when conflict arises, this is how you're supposed to deal with these conflicts. When um, every quarter, we want you to have quarterly check-ins with each team member. And we have structures to be able, if you want to dive into that, we certainly can, but we have structures to be able to implement that, um, that works really, really well. And not just waiting for an annual review time and certainly not rewarding people based on time served. I hate that. I hate that. You don't just get a raise just because you've been here a year, right? Um, it's not like prison where it's time served. I don't like that. <laughs> but what I do really love is being able to set out structures so that, you know, they can get raises based upon their performance, whether that be annually or quarterly or a few times a year. I mean, if someone is a total rock star, I'm going to pay them for it because I want them to be there because they're making me more money, right? So having those um, guidelines set out on what is expected for leadership is extraordinarily important and um, really, um, I guess, feeds well to the overall success of a practice. And then when you have, you know, like you said, the offices that are, you know, wanting something to do the training for them, (laughs) we can only do so much. So when you have a training platform, much like, you know, what I have, uh, it pairs very well when you have a leadership um, person in that position that is ready and, and has the guidelines set forth of what it needs means in that office to be a good leader and the things that are required. Yeah, two really good points there. One, you 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 said something at the start of that was, are they interested? And it's a good place to start. Is this somebody <laughs> who actually wants that job and, and not just promoting somebody because they have the most seniority, but do right. they actually want, because not everybody wants that. It's not, sometimes it's not even a matter of whether or not they'd be good at it. Do you want that position of authority? Not everybody's comfortable in that, but also realizing that 
in the same way that we need to provide training for the team, a lot of times the leaders need training too. If, if you bring in somebody yes. as a manager and they've got 12 years experience managing somewhere else, the assumption that they're going to be a good manager and leader in your office can often uh, not produce what you'd like it to. They, they could have really been a a really bad manager for 12 years some, somewhere else. So just because it, <laughs> yes. it's on there, you still want to give them that feedback and make sure that they're uh, somebody who's going to be a, a good fit for your practice and your culture. Um, yes. As far as what do you see as some of the top mistakes? Because I think we, you know, it's it's a learning process. There's a learning curve <laughs> to training, to yes. leadership. What are some of the top mistakes that you see regarding staff training? Um, top mistakes would be assumption that the employees are gaining the necessary knowledge in their current training model. Um, you know, that a few weeks of shadowing will do the trick. <laughs> um, you know, these are the, the dynamics of the optical world are so vast, right? So you've got the medical side of things, and then you've got the insurance that you have to deal with. And then you've got, you know, kind of the bedside manner patients, you know, interactions that you have to deal with. And then you have, you know, the frame stuff. And then we have all the, you know, insurance contributions with frames, and we've got the fashion, and there's so many different darn dynamics that when someone comes in, to an office that knows nothing about optical, it gets really difficult for them to be able to have, I guess, um, a full understanding of all the different dynamics just by watching. It's not, it's not enough of a, a training process yet. That's what so many offices do <laughs> is, oh, just follow me around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest one. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition into training that I think people don't either realize or don't want to do. And maybe it's one of the reasons they don't like doing it. it. One of my favorite phrases is when you're tired of hearing yourself say it, that's when people are starting to hear it. And I, yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> thought process, especially building culture. It's like the more that if you hear something once in terms of how, let's just say how we want to treat our patients. Okay. They might take that in, but when you're hearing it for the the 12th time, you start to recognize that, okay, this is something that's that's important. It's part of our culture. It's something that's important to leadership. But also, you know, the number of times I hear, we told them, as in we told them once, but they didn't do it. Yeah. Or they, they don't remember. <laughs> or they keep making the same mistakes. I think you just have to sort of embrace. It's a little frustrating. I get it. But there's going to be a lot of repetitiousness in terms of the, um, uh, you know, how you how you continually sort of inform the staff, but it, it's where your platform comes in as well. Something that people can go back and use as a, as an ongoing resource. Um, something that we've talked about before is, is having a consistent structure in, in terms of training. <laughs> I know that's something that you feel strongly about. I have used the example before of franchises and I, I don't think most independent optometry practices aspire to be franchises because they want to right. retain some of their uniqueness. But at the same time, there's something that that a lot of franchises do really well. They've created a, a structure to train people. It, it's what allows them to pop up stores or restaurants, chains all over the United States is that there's a lot of consistency um, in the structure. And I, I think a lot of practices don't necessarily have a consistent structure. Many of the times right. I think it's, hey, You've been here a long time. Go train that new person. <laughs> and and the, yeah. the OD has no idea like what's actually happening. And just because somebody's been there a long time doesn't mean that they're equipped to uh, competently train somebody else. So how do you create an, an ideal structure for onboarding new employees? 
Yeah. Well, you know, much to, you know, what you were speaking to in, in the franchise, the reason that they're able to do that is because they have that map. They have like a little, okay, do this first and then do this and then do this and then do this. And then everyone knows their roles within each of those map sections, right? That's why it works. And, you know, that's why I, um, my heart breaks for optometrists when they come out and they're like, yeah, we're going to start an independent practice. And it's going to be so great. And, you know, they have the best of intentions, yet they went to school for, you know, how many years and had how many classes on really running a business and structuring, you know, a leadership, you know, plan, none, pretty much none. (laughs) And same thing goes for opticians too, where, you know, we go through training as well. And, you know, we go through all of our testing and everything else. Is any of that on leadership? Nope, none of it. So um, like you mentioned, it, it is um, painful for offices because most offices have, you know, a small, um, a small team. So let's just say that you have a team of five people and you're hiring a new person. So let's say that someone probably left. That's why you're hiring or you're hiring because you're short staffed. Right. And so either way, you're need, you're in need of this fifth person. So you finally hire a fifth person and, you know, who knows how long you've been waiting to hire them because you've got all of these, um, you know, we, we all know the struggle of finding good people. So you finally get that person on and then you have your best person from the sales floor, which is usually like a manager or something like that, that you're taking off of their position to go and train this new hire. And now you've gone from effectively needing five people to now only having three that are running in the office. And so what happens with this structure is that something's got to give, right? You can't run a whole team that you're supposed to have five with only three people. And at the same time, this person is wanting to get back, but wanting to give the newbie a a really great opportunity at their success. And so what ends up happening is either, you know, which are both terrible, is that one, the new hire will end up not getting the training that they needed, which is a total bummer. Um, And so they'll kind of get kicked off the boat and see if they swim, right? And sometimes they swim. And sometimes they swim very terribly for a very long time because they were never taught, right? And then the other alternative is that, um, you know, these people that have been busting their tushies the whole time will end up, you know, having to really take this this role and be really burned out. And you might end up losing one of your established people. So it happens all the time in optical. So the best way to create a structure so that this doesn't happen is first when you have a new person come in, setting that expectation of, what should be learned and then providing the tools for them to accomplish it would be the second thing. And, you know, obviously being able to check in kind of like we referred to earlier on, you know, what they need. And so that's, those are three major things that offices don't always do. Um, The first thing is setting the expectation. I would say, um, you know, we have a new hire training checklist. It's super simple. These aren't big complex things it's just super simple things but the hard part is we've got so many people things going on and delegating things that they end up getting lost in the mix so we have a new hire training checklist um if you want we can give it to your listeners we'll have it available for you um new hire training checklist that we have um beyond that giving them the tools so this is the next big thing with the tools is that normally people are coming into your office and like i mentioned earlier kind of like following you around and do what I do, you know, monkey see, monkey do kind of thing, but it doesn't really give them the foundational knowledge of why they're doing what they're doing. And so that's where Spexy comes in. And that's where, you know, when offices are like, hey, you know, we've got this training, you know, or we want to be able to have a training that I can just step away. This is the part where you can step away because we can give some, you know, foundational education as to why they're doing what they're doing. 
And then that third part is that we'll then refer back to, okay, go speak with your team leader and ask them to show you, because we just showed you how to do a restring on a, you know, on a pair of um, semi-rimless glasses. So now go show them, go work with your leadership on that. And it saves a lot of extra time when you can use a resource like us. But when you have all of those three components together, it's super valuable um, for the new hire and for the overall team to not have that stress of, you know, teaching them all of the little tiny specific things that are probably going to end up being forgotten anyway, but then also giving the new hire the foundation that they need. This is so good. So once you stop there, we can unpack one. I just hearing you talk makes me realize how much, you know, there's, there's a component of this that reinforces something they might hear, whether it's a new hire or somebody else, maybe you're just giving some new training to if, if let's just say an office manager gives them some training, some opinions, some input on something. It's just, you can look at it like one other person's opinion or feelings yeah. about that. You can <laughs> choose to agree, choose to disagree. But when you hear it from two people, which that would come in the form of, of your modules, it starts to change people's opinions. It starts, it starts to change right. people's belief system. So it's more, one, one of the words <clears throat> comes up a lot in these conversations is buy-in, is getting employee buy-in. I mean, we could talk to them all day long and they can nod their heads up and down. But if they if they <laughs> turn around and do what a lot of employees do is kind of grumble behind the scenes, like, I don't know why we have to do it this way. It's really hard to get their commitment on things. Um, right. So there's so that. To have that solidified is, yeah, right. much more yeah. powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. And what ends up happening is these are where doctors will say, well, they did it for a couple of weeks and went back to the old way. You know, that's the staffs. You know, they're not going to probably openly disagree with you in a lot of offices anyway, but they can make it very difficult to implement change if they're, there's that subtle resistance and eventually. Yeah. <laughs> kind of way. Um, and it's also interesting that you brought up the number of staff because I've made this mistake a few times there's some numbers we look at to try to ascertain if you have adequate staffing. They're not written in stone, but you know, one of the numbers we we use is like one full-time equivalent for about every $150,000 in in revenue. So if we were to look at a $600,000 practice, we might say, you know, optimally most practices would need about four full-time staff. So there's others, some other okay. metrics we look at as well, but there's been a few times where I've just without asking the doctor or the manager looked at those numbers and sort of jumped to a conclusion that, well, you probably need to add a staff member, right? And the answer has been no, actually. They'll, there's been sometimes they've said, we just have such an all-star staff right now. And I'll look at that office sometimes and realize they have such a great training program that they're actually getting by with fewer staff. Right. Which, which is great. Yeah, you don't it can want to happen. Yeah. The opposite <laughs> happens too, where you've got, oh, my staff is overwhelmed. They said, I need to, we need to hire another person and they're already overstaffed. And you wonder- Side mess oh, to the mix, kind of. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's, let's rethink this. Um, yeah. So it, it can work both ways. So semantically, I like to separate the word training and, and development. And, and new hire training mm -hmm. is one thing. It's important. It's usually- something where there's a specific time frame, you know, we, like your first six yeah. weeks should just be training, right? That's, we understand that, <laughs> we uh, that yeah. terminology, but ongoing employee development is something else. And I, I don't think a lot of practices really put much effort into ongoing, uh, into continually developing their team, which is, which is very important. There's always something yes. new we can learn. The doctors go to continuing education, but are you providing any semblance of that for your for your staff. Um, 
So I, I'm curious your thoughts on that and the ramifications you've seen of not continuing to invest into the team. Yes. So um, that's a big one. And I'm so glad that we're talking about it because team um, development, you know, em empowering employees on their own, you know, to better themselves, hugely fabulous. Having a whole team that, you know, is able to reap the benefits of that development is, is fabulous, even more fabulous, right? Now, what I, the problem that I ran into when I started Spexy is because I'm, I'm, um, I'm giving the information and it's not like a, a conversation, right? It's not one-on-one -on -one with these offices. And so we would put something out there and then we, you know, put out all these polls and questions and some of the doctors we know, you know, personally, so we'll call them up. Okay. Did it work? You know, how did, how can we make these things happen? And, and we did all this trial and error and a lot of error. <laughs> and the one thing that really stuck um, for us was they were like, well, we're trying to implement these things at these times or having them watch this or we found that having your team implement training as a whole and developing a team as a whole is really, really valuable. Then we went to, okay, how the heck are we going to get them to do this? And we said, okay, have these trainings and, and just do this uh, maybe around your office meetings. And a lot of doctors hate office meetings, hate them because they end up turning into this whole griping fest where if there's not enough structure in the meeting itself, it's just an opportunity, you know, for Sally to complain about this or Mary did this over here, or I wish someone would just pull all the authorizations beforehand and we don't have to deal with it. Like, and then the doctor's sitting back there going, why do we even have these meetings? This is insane. So um, rather than just having, you know, griping meetings or meetings, you know, just talking about stats, all right, we missed this number, we got this number, missed this number, got this number. We decided that this would be a really good time for offices to be able to have that, um, that I guess, more training and more development happening during these times. And so we created um, a specific course called the Optical SellSmart course that's intended for offices and office managers to basically be able to go in there and have the opportunity to basically watch a quick video of what this whole training is about for this month and talk about the metrics of it. So let's just say like anti-reflective treatment is one of the first ones. So we want um, the team selling anti-reflective treatment. Why do we want them selling it? What is it, how is it good for the team? And then we go around, so we teach one to the leadership and then we go about teaching it to the team as well. And then we help the leadership basically structure incentives for the team to be able to implement change because nobody likes change on their own typically. I'm personally do, but well, a lot of people don't. <laughs> so um, you have to, you know, kind of pull it out of them. So incentivizing them is hugely beneficial. Well, when we have these structures set in place where doctors can actually sit there with their team or leadership overall can sit there with their team and go, okay, team, this is how we are going to develop and change and adapt what we're doing and give it long enough for them to be able to create a habit out of it before you move on to something else. We have found extremely beneficial. So it helps, you know, obviously with target numbers, it helps with the bottom line. We have courses that, um, or we have, sorry, months that we focus on answering the phones or months that we focus on filling that feeling, you know, putting butts in the chair, you know, or contact lens things. So there's always different things that we're moving towards, but giving your team one thing to focus on in their development and help to create it a habit has been hugely beneficial. There's a, what I hear a lot, probably the same thing you hear a lot when, when, um, when you ask a doctor, a manager about staff training and they say, well, it's been, been kind of neglectful in that area. What will they say? They say, we don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah, so, that's exactly but right. What I found 
is that the reason you usually don't have enough time is because you're putting out all the fires that resulted right. from not putting in more time in the beginning. So if you, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot of times it is more work in the beginning. It's more heavy lifting in the beginning to train people. But if you don't do it, you're going to be fixing, putting out fires and fixing all the mistakes. And there's just no way around it. Figure yes. out how to <laughs> make it work. If you need to block out patience to create time to train the staff, do it. It's that important. Yes. It's not forever, but it's that important. We're in a service industry, which you can't do yourself. We're not shining shoes to one person at an airport. You you need that team to make this all work. So whatever it takes, um, make it or you know find the time. But you'll you'll probably find that you have more time at the yeah. end. If you're a leader, if you're a manager, you want to make your life easier. Develop the people around you. Otherwise, yeah. it, you know you'll you'll be basically doing their work for them. And a lot more because all the mistakes right. that they're going to make, which you just, which in all fairness, they weren't trained to, to do things right. That that's all going to come back to you. Right. We just had a meeting um, actually with one of our members that was going through this exact same thing. And um, she was like, listen, we need as many, cause you know, they're part of vision care plans and all these other things. She's like, we need as many tissues in that chair as we possibly can. So I don't have time to set up team meetings. And basically it came to a basic, come to Jesus talk. <laughs> I was like, listen, girl, you don't have time to not have the team meetings and, you know, let's do it for a month out. But even just taking an hour, you know, on one morning, once a month to sit down with your team and talk about these really important things. I really wanted two hours, but we, we, you know, we compromise on compromise. one, um, <laughs> um, where she blocked out three of her patients. Cause she was on 20 minute schedules, um, on, you know, it was like a Friday morning or something like that. And, um, you know, I said, you know what, you normally come in at eight, you might be able to get your team to come in at seven 30. If you bring donuts and coffee, you know, <laughs> so let's, let's make it always a crowd please. You can get an extra, <laughs> so you can get an extra half hour out of it. And, you know, this was around like December and we just talked with her um, recently and she's like, it has made a world of difference. It has made such a big difference just having that time with the team. And she's, she's, she, the way that she put it was, it was almost like they have time to breathe. Mm -hmm. And that alone has been really powerful. Granted, they're learning, but they just have time to just like not be running around everywhere and not having to, because there's always work to be done. Always. It's an optometry practice. Of course, there's always work to be done. So just having that separate time set aside has been really, really powerful for her team. Yeah. And I, I think there's always learning opportunities too, just to keep in mind for anyone listening to this, you don't, it doesn't always have to be some formal hour long meeting right. every Tuesday. I'll share a really quick story. And I've used this in a presentation before, but um, at one point when I was practicing the, the air puff test, the NCT was just kind of right outside the office. And I would hear patients ask repeatedly, what is this? Do? You know, after the first question would be, do I actually have to get this done? Cause nobody likes right. it. <laughs> but then they would say, what does that actually do? And the tech would say, I don't know, just ask the doctor. And oh. in all fairness, it wasn't her fault because we never trained her or told her oh. what it actually did. But I thought it looked it, I thought we, the office would look better if she could answer that. So I actually Absolutely. later between patients, I just pulled her aside and said, Hey, let me, when they do ask you that, I'd like you to have an answer. And I just went over with her what it does, what the numbers mean, what it's checking for. Honestly, a, a 60 second conversation. And then the next time a patient asked about it, she was able to speak to it really well, 60 seconds and maybe not even that long. So these moments of training people don't have to be an hour every Tuesday or some, some formal meeting, yes. but 
every day I went to work and I, I that was a lesson I, I learned myself was that anytime you see a learning opportunity, just take it in the moment and people mm-hmm. will gather so much from that. And it, it's a little at a time to your point before of trying to give people yes. too much at a time. It's just too much to absorb. I can't, right. my brain won't absorb that. I actually like to learn things a little bit at a time. So don't neglect those opportunities. I, I learned a lot from doing that and, and I was able to keep the staff um, you know, fairly educated and informed just through a lot of these just small informal interactions. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have the same thing that, um, again, another recent conversation is, uh, the doctor saying every time I have something unique on a retinal image after the patient is gone, mm-hmm. she brings the staff back and educates them on it and they love it because they can see it. And it's kind of cool sometimes in, you know, in the pre-testing area where they take the retinal image or opt to scan or whatever, um, when they go to take them back to see the doctor, they're telling the doctor, Hey doc, look, I found this thing. Is this, this, and is this, this, and, you know? And so it's really cool. Cause, um, they're starting to see a whole lot more interaction with the team. And it's stuff that, you know, as docs, you see them all the time, but the rest of the team doesn't. And so when they're able to see that and kind of take those little learning opportunities, they really grasp a hold of them for sure. Yeah. And and you're more engaged with your work as well. Instead of just hiring people and saying, push that button and turn that knob, when they actually understand these things and can speak to patients about it, you know, I I think it, it creates more engagement with their work, where if you want to hang on to people these days, which is difficult, you want to hang on to <laughs> create a job that they're going to be, uh, or an atmosphere that they're going to be engaged with, with the type of work of work that they do. Right. Um, it's a better experience, I think, too, with the patients, because the patient now, is, you know, trusts this person that they're not mm-hmm. just a button pusher. There's someone who knows their stuff and, you know, they're, they're an you know, advocate for, you know, the doctor. And when they say the doctor recommends this, oh, who, who are you button pusher? You don't know that, yeah. you know? But yeah. yeah, it gives them a whole lot more, I guess, authority on the, on the subject for yeah. sure. No, absolutely. And it, it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious even for us as consumers, when we walk into a business, the kind of training that the staff receives. And we appreciate it when people can answer our questions without, and we trust their answers. They're not stumbling through right. things that they clearly don't know what they're talking about, or they're not going to say, hang on, let me go get somebody else when they can, when they can speak to it. I think it really adds to the, uh, the level of service that the organization can provide. So I would close out here, just out of curiosity, offering a, uh, a fairly wide variety of different training courses. What have you found to be the the greatest need for training? I know you've got stuff for optical, stuff for billing. Is there any particular area you've said, wow, this is really in demand? Uh, well, okay. So I take that as two different questions there. <laughs> in demand, our most popular is by far our new hire training course, where you can take someone who is um, uh, basically ha- has no idea of what's going on with anything in the optical and can basically become a very... Um, powerful contributor to the team very quickly while they're still learning. So that's the important part of kind of the, the new hire training process that we have. And that's by far the most popular amongst um, eye doctors. Now, um, where have we found the greatest need, I will say, <laughs> is in patient communication and specifically with conflict, right? Um, what, what I'm now calling conflict, we have a new course coming out where I, I use that term a lot, but a lot of times when it comes to patients saying basically one of the biggest problems the offices are having right now is they say, you know, patients are taking their prescription and they're going online or they're taking their prescription and they're, you know, leaving. And so you're only getting, you're getting that exam only. And so for doctors to be able to have a resource where they can address that conflict, because that's the type of conflict doesn't feel good when a patient says, or when a patient says, you know, I'm going to take my prescription online, see a doc, peace out. You know, it doesn't feel great. Well, 
we found that that conversation is happening throughout the office, not just with the doctor, right? It's happening at the front desk. It's happening in the opticians. It used to just be the opticians would hear it on the way out. But now, you know, patients are saying it straight to the doctor and you're like, ah, what do we, okay, here's your prescription. It's, you know, legally yours. Like, what are you supposed to say? So having specific communication in place to deal with that conflict has been really, really powerful for a lot of our um, established teams that they can go in and, you know, when a patient says, at the, to the front desk person, oh, I'm just going to be getting my prescription today. Okay, well, you can certainly do that. We're going to go about, um, you know, getting you back to the pre-tester here in a moment. But um, I wanted you to go ahead and take a look at these frames over here, because there are some really cool ones, uh, you know, and start a conversation that way. And not necessarily pressuring them, but having a conversation. And then when the patient gets back to the doctor side of things, when the doctor hears those conversations, it's a little bit different psychology. When you go back to see the doctor, you don't want to be pushing things on them or, or begging them for it. But if you hear a patient say, you know, I'm going to be getting my glasses online, it's to take a role of inquiring is really, really powerful for a doctor or for the optician to say something like, well, you know, I, Thank you for telling me that. Um, do you mind me asking, was there something that we didn't have? Because I want to make sure that we're providing, you know, some glasses or a style that you like, you know, can you tell me, was there something that we didn't have out there or something specifically that you're looking for? So I can make sure that we have it in the future. That really helps to keep the conversation open because a lot of times patients are going to be like, oh, well, actually I just thought it would be cheaper. And I saw a really cool pair because I got this ad. You know, and so it helps to kind of keep the conversation open rather than like, yep, here you go. And kind of cowering down and walking <laughs> away. You know what I mean? So I think that the greatest need by far has been um, for patient communication. And so we're um, building a lot of our new courses around having those hard conversations with patients. Yeah, no, it's it's vitally important. And it, it, I did notice over the years, even when I was practicing, how much more bold patients got with... Uh... <laughs> Because and then, you know when the online thing started, they would come in and and almost have this sort of sheepish, you know. Yeah, I think I'll maybe I, I'm just going to get my prescription today, but I'll come back later. That's what you would always say. Right, I'll look around. Yeah, you'll, you'll be back later. Right, yeah. But then it at some point just became, I just want my prescription. I'm going to order these online. Right, and yeah. I'm like, all right, it's not like I make a living doing this or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know what, I grew to almost appreciate that because at least you know early on. And I, I learned right. like you did, I'm not to respond. I, I would actually not respond initially because you're, they're saying that out of not having enough information. So I would just mm -hmm. kind of go along and agree with it. But throughout the exam, there's a sense of the keeping that conversation open. Yes. I'm 100% in agreement thing. that questions are one of the most powerful ways to communicate. So instead of coming back, I think a lot of people's instinct might be to, um, you know, come back with all the reasons why they're doing something wrong by ordering them online or trying to change right. their mind. It's almost impossible to change somebody's mind. Right. It's easier to get them to change their own mind. So if I'm asking you questions, right. thought-provoking questions, that's getting you to think about things differently, you're going to start that process, you, Kayla Ashley, of potentially changing your own mind. That's right. going to make me much more influential in terms of getting you to possibly keep your business there than me trying to give you 12 reasons why you shouldn't do something. Right. right. You, Shaming you might, them out of it. Yeah, you're work. just going to dig your heels in and then I'm going to just look salesy and defensive. Um, right. Maybe we'll have you back on for that topic because that sounds okay. interesting. <laughs> um, we have alluded and talked about um, your company, Spexy, but I want to, as we close out here, give you the platform to, to uh, just 
talk a little bit more maybe about what you offer and how would people find out about the um, you and, and the company? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you for that. So yeah, our, my company is bespexy.com. So it's B-E-S-P-E-X-Y.com. And uh, you can just Google Spexy. It's a unique name. So we're usually at the top. <laughs> so um, with Spexy, we have basically two um, different offerings. So we have a membership for offices where for $34 a month, they can have access to all of the online learning platform for their entire office, which is pretty amazing. So that inc includes the new hire training, um, the billing and coding training, our social media train includes so many different things in there. So uh, it's basically like a life, like a Netflix library for optical learning. So all of my optical nerds love it and it's great. <laughs> so, um, so there's that. So that's um, our Spexy Plus membership. And then we have a Spexy Plus Premium membership, which includes all of the learning. And that also includes our frame turn platform. And the really great thing about our frame turn platform is we um, are able to have offices put in their unique data for their uh, sales out in their optical and give them coaching and guidance on ways to uh, optimize that. And I'm really, really proud of our team because we um, are making offices a lot of money by making some different decisions out in their, in their um, frame inventory. So that's really exciting. So bespexy.com, that's how you can find out about me and my team and we're all super helpful. So if you have any questions, you can go check it out. And there's a lot of free previews and whatnot on there. So. You got everything you need. And who doesn't like making a lot of money? <laughs> so let's just close out there. That's always a, a crowd pleaser. So, well, um, thanks so much, Kayla. This I knew this would be great and you didn't disappoint. Um, and yeah, definitely yeah. check out bespexy.com when you get a chance. So thank you for your time. Awesome, Steve. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, thanks, Kaylin. And if you'd like to know more about IDOC and how we work with ODs to grow their practice, you can find out more at IDOC.net. So thanks again to Kayla and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. Bye.